Thank you for tuning in to the 620 Live Podcast, where we may all speak boldly the name of Jesus. Thank you to Apasia Ministries for the service that you do in making the document accessible to those with vision issues. Be sure to check them out. All right, I'm back here with the verse here. And my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Verse 28, that was verse 27 there. Here's verse 28 from John chapter 10. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, and neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand verse 29 my father which gave them me is greater than all and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hands verse 30 i and my father are one that's John chapter 10, verses 27 through 30. Jesus there says that he and God are one. And that's, that's so true. You know, because that's the basis of our belief is that he's 100% man and 100% God and was sent here. It's also important to note that Jesus is telling all of these people that those that are hearing this those that are reading this today that he and god are one and that once you are saved your salvation is secure bob from walmart cannot take your salvation lindsay from Publix cannot take your Salvation. I'm just naming names here. If there's anybody here listening that uh, that is your actual name and your place of employment, I am not pointing you out. I promise. The thing is, I can't take your salvation from God. More importantly, though, the devil cannot take your salvation from God. Once you are saved, you are always saved. There's none of this, I get saved every Sunday because I sinned last week no once you're saved you're always saved now you do need to ask for forgiveness from your sins but you do not lose your salvation because you sin if there's anybody out there preaching that and that's just simply unbiblical because you do not lose your salvation because you sin you have to repent and ask for forgiveness but you do not have to get saved 673 times a day but I, I really wanted to point out there though that your faith your salvation for lack of a better term it's kind of like a security blanket you know you can't lose it because God has it and his bank is tighter than Fort Knox or the Swiss bank or whatever the most secure bank in the world, Wells Fargo or whatever. None of they, their security, as opposed to God's security, doesn't even exist. 
I mean, they're so far apart. And I want to look here at a, another verse, and it's about faith. And it's one that we, that we all probably know or at least have heard the story of. And let me get to it here. And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say to this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and and it shall be removed. And here we go, uh, the rest of the verse. I didn't realize it was this long. <laughs> and nothing shall be impossible to you. That's Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. And as always, I do apologize for the stiltiness of the reading. A mustard seed is very small. I do believe it's even smaller than a grain of sand. If I remember right, it's kind of like, kind of like dust. Um, I, I know I have touched like tobacco seed, and I know it is extremely tiny, and it's pretty much like dust, uh, from what I do remember. Granted, it has been quite a long time, um, but I do remember the little container that we used to get ours in was shaped like a little tobacco barn, which, you know, in hindsight, I wish I had kept them, or at least one of them. I wish I could still get one, but, you know, hey, if any of you out there have one, which I doubt, <laughs> um, but, uh, so, so that verse is saying that, you know, our faith doesn't have to be huge. It just has to be the size of a mustard seed, and we could move a mountain. It doesn't say we have to have the faith of a size of the largest ship in the world, and we could move a mountain. No, it says if we have faith the size of a grain of a mustard seed, we can move the mountain. Now, I have always looked at this verse in this situation as in, yeah, there's a, a pile of dirt here and a pile of dirt over there, you know, and if I want to move one, I would shovel it. And I had the faith that God would give me the strength to move that pile. That's why I've always looked at it. I mean, that's just the way that I see it and the way that it speaks to me. And it comes from this story that I can't remember if I read or heard that there was this middle-aged woman that lived in a house and somebody dumped, for some reason she had a big old pile of dirt that was in front of her favorite sitting window where she would sit and read or crochet or whatever and she prayed and prayed and prayed for God to move that mound of dirt that was blocking her view and she was constantly quoting this verse you know about the grain of mustard seed and she kept telling God I have that faith I have that faith 
I have that faith, but yet the dirt remains. And this goes on for a while until she buys a shovel and says, well, if you're not going to move it, then I am, God. So she buys a shovel and removes the mound of dirt, shovel full by shovel full, until she can see out of her favorite sitting window. And she sits down, picks up her book, looks out the window, and that's when it strikes her that she had the faith to move it. She just needed the action to go with it. That has always stuck with me. That little story, I, I bet you I heard that whenever I was 10 years old. And I'm 40 now. It has stuck with me ever since. The little story means a lot to me. The word faith is mentioned 245 times in the King James. That alone, without even looking at the verses that it's talking about, should show us the importance of faith. You know, a veteran soldier prepares. They check their armor. They check their combat suit or what you know like their boots, their shoelaces, their pants, their cargo pockets. They check their guns, their weaponry, their shield. They check everything because they've been through war. They've been through trials. They've been through tribulation. They know what most what generically they are like because each time is going to be different they know to prepare as much as they can now a new christian or a new soldier may not be as strict on checking their armor they may let a shoelace loop out of the pants they may not have their full allotment of bullets they may have forgotten to tuck in a pocket. They may not have taken care of their shoes. A variety of things remains that they could have not done. They have not prepared the way that they should. And that is why those who are elders, and it doesn't, again, doesn't mean age-wise. It means you know, how long have they been a Christian and studied and learned and, and you know, been there? It's up to them to help the new Christians. The elders are there to show guidance to the newly saved, to those who have just received their salvation. The elders are there to guide them, to mentor them, and... More times than not, it's because they were mentored as well. See, it's a cycle effect. I, for instance, I help Bob from Walmart. Hi, Bob. Nice to have you back again. Bob recently got saved. He knows that I'm a Christian. 
Bob, do you listen to the podcast? Well, I sure do. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. So Bob is now saved, you know, and he uses this podcast, for instance, or me, you know, since we know each other so well. Ain't it right, Bob? Yep, sure is. You know, we know each other. He will come to me and ask questions, and it's up to me to help him. If I don't know, then I go to someone who is more of an elder than I am, you know, like someone who's been a pastor for, you know, several years and has studied a lot more than me. I have, I have quite a few that I can go to, you know, which is such a blessing, you know, but life, this, this kind of life, it is a circle. They help me to grow. I, in turn, return the favor to someone who is newly saved and mentor them. And then whenever I, whenever they get to where I am at, I have moved to an older elder. They are now an elder. Bob, you're an elder. Uh, thanks, man. And Bob now in turn and mentors someone else who recently got saved. See how this works. Life is like a circle. The trials and tribulations are going to come. You're going to be in a valley. You're going to go up a mountain. You're going to be on top of the mountain. And then you're going to go back down the mountain. And then you're going to be back in the valley. This goes over and over and over because we need it to grow. Don't let a new Christian be overwhelmed. Be there and let them know that you're there to help them, to teach them and to guide them that it was done for you and you want to do it for them because you love them. Because Jesus, Jesus showed love to us, we can in turn show love to him, to them. And we show love to him, meaning Jesus, by mentoring the new Christian. We were once overwhelmed as well, and someone helped us. It doesn't matter what your battle is, whether it's a battle a day, two battles a day, a battle a week. It doesn't matter what your battle is. God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, we're, they're all here for you. I am here for you if you need to talk. Shoot me an email, 620lifepodcast at gmail.com. Look me up on Facebook if you can find me. A lot of people say they can't. And I will share my number with you. And you can call and talk if you need to. That's what I can do. I can talk to you, pray for you, you know, and do, you know, what I can to help you get through this. God is not going to let you down. He is never going to let you down. So, when it comes to this, who do you mentor? Do you help someone? Or do you need someone to help you? That's the two questions. Who is your mentor? And do you need to mentor someone? You know, think about it. 
I mean, it's just basic human decency to help somebody else. Right? Yeah, I do believe so. So help somebody else because you were once helped as well. And remember that the testing of your faith is not to weaken it, not to destroy it, but is there to make it strong. I want to thank you for listening and now I ask that you, if you can, close your eyes and in prayer as we close out the podcast. Lord, our faith is not always as strong as it should be. But Lord, whenever we're weak, you are strong. Whenever we are strong in our faith, Lord, you're still strong. Whenever we stumble, you're our steady in presence. When we're trapped and feel that we can't get out, that we're stuck, you're there with your hand reaching down to pull us up. When we're locked up in a battle, feeling all claustrophobic, Lord, you had the key to release us from our own prison. Lord, there's so many times that we try to do things on our own and mess it up. We try to put on a brave face and go out into the world. Lord, we mess things up and leave it to you to clean up, which you do. But Lord, if we was just to give it to you to begin with and have the faith that you would protect us and guide us through this and help us through all of life's situations, then Lord, you wouldn't have to do any of our cleanup. God, I pray that you will strengthen each and every person who's listening to this strengthen their faith, harden that faith, Lord, so that it will withstand the fiery darts of the devil, because they're coming, Lord, and they're coming faster and faster and in larger and larger quantities as the world continues revolving. Lord, be with us, protect us, lead us, guide us, And Lord, I pray that this podcast will reach someone that doesn't know you so that they can come to know you. And Lord, I pray that anybody listening to this knows that if they need someone to talk to, they can always contact me. And Lord, I will be there to listen and that it goes no further than me and them. And you, of course, Lord. Thank you again, Lord for all that you do, for all that you mean, and for all the love that you show. Thank you, Jesus, for sending, or thank you, God, for sending Jesus to die on the cross for us, and thank you, Jesus, for dying for us. Lord, it is in your precious and holy, unmatched name that I pray. Amen.